You're listening to the Harvest Christian Fellowship Weekend Message Podcast. To learn more about our community, like what we believe and how you can take a next step, visit us online at hcfcornwall.ca or join us for one of our services this weekend, Sunday mornings at 9.15 or 11 here at 847 York Street. Happy Father's Day. So you're joining us online this morning. This is, uh, yeah, Father's Day weekend. And uh, I just love those videos. I always didn't like father's jokes until I started being a dad. And I could tell a few father's jokes. So I can relate to the guys on the video. Hey, worship team. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much just for uh, leading us into the presence of God this morning. I hope you got up out of your couch today when, uh, you know, um, Karen invited you to dance before the Lord in your house. Nobody could see you. Bible says that David danced, uh, in the streets of Jerusalem, uh, and it says his underwear. It really wasn't. It was an undergarment. So he took off his, his king, what identified him as the king, and he now stood as a commoner, uh, and in the streets, and he worshiped with the people, and that was just, man, made me think of that this morning. So fun. We have a big shout out to Norm and Linda Oje today who are celebrating 50 years of marriage. That means they got married when they were about 12. But hey, happy anniversary to Norm and Linda. And I want to give a big shout out today uh, to New Testament Church in Messina, which is our parent church, our uh, sending church uh, 19 years ago or 18 years ago. And they're celebrating 40 years as a church this weekend. If you get a chance on Facebook, go over to their site and see all the great things that are going on there. As the founding pastor, Pastor Tom Wells, uh, is there along with Pastor Don Curry and now uh, Greg Hurl. But all three pastors are there this weekend. They're having having a great time. Well, you weren't expecting to have another week of expansion. This is expansion part five. We thought, hey, if you can't expand the expansion series, what can you expand? So we're expanding the expansion series by one week. Last week, we looked at Isaac, who was living in the land. Really important as we looked at some phrases. I'm going to look at them again this morning. Living in the land, the land of promise, and a promise of expansion. But presently, as we open the scriptures and we look at Isaac, it was restricted due to famine. Restricted. And so we see Isaac do four things. We want to do these four things to turn the land from a land of restriction to a land of expansion. We are to live in the land. Talked about putting some roots down. Really, really throwing in. Some of you were in the chat box last week saying, I'm all in. And I appreciate that. And we're to dwell in the land. A little bit different than living because dwelling in the Old Testament meant we have one foot here and we understand that really we're here temporarily and eternity is our home. We do all things for eternity. We're to sow in the land, which is what we're going to talk about again today. We're going to be fruitful in the land, which is the promise God gives us as a church. We are going to be fruitful here in Cornwall and region. Hey, one of the things I talked to you about last week was sowing finances uh, into the land. And uh, we're believing in our expansion offering. I was here in the auditorium this morning worshiping. We have the church screen. We had our uh, audio system cranked out. It was so fun just to be here, even though I'm not here with you. But I had really a moment where I realized part of what we want to do 
is to be able to live stream into locations, satellite locations in the region, where smaller groups who maybe wouldn't drive to Cornwall will be worshiping in auditoriums that we'll secure, and the worship team will be beamed in, and that'll be a great way to start a new expression, new churches in the region. I was having a little glimpse of that this morning. Uh, as we are worshiping the Lord together. So I talked last week about some of the things we want to do to expand, and we need finances to expand. Well, seed and sowing seed really isn't just our treasure. It's not just finances. It's our time, our talents, and our treasure. This morning I want to talk about our time and our talents, our time that we give in volunteer hours to make the vision of the house move forward, and our talents, what you're good at. Somebody uh, texted in the box this morning as Candy was singing. When she sings, it gives me goosebumps. Yeah, because she's good at what she does. I've heard some people sing, and it's not goosebumps that I have, and you know what I'm talking about. So when people are doing what they're good at, it God just blesses that. He gave gifts for a reason, talents for a reason, and we want to sow our talents and our time. So I want to talk this morning as we talk about seed, sowing seed. I'm going to give you some principles of the seed. And as I do that, just from this moment forward, I'm talking about your talents, what you're good at. I'm talking about your time, all right? And we're going to sow the seed of our time, the seed of our talents. Now, when you have seed as a farmer, there's a couple things you can do with it. You can eat your seed consume it upon yourself. I'm going to consume my seed, my time, and my talents, or I'm going to sow my seed. I'm going to sow my time and my talents. We can plant it or we can consume it. I want you to see this morning, we're going to look at a scripture where Jesus is talking about himself. He's talking about the seed of his own body as he dies on the cross and going into the ground. But there is a far-reaching principle in this scriptures. We're going to look at it. A resurrection principle in the seed. All right? You got to get this. Let's look at it. He says, listen carefully. Whenever Jesus says, listen carefully, or maybe in your Bible today, it says, verily, verily, truly, truly, listen carefully. Unless a grain of wheat is buried in the ground. Interesting choice of words right here. So it doesn't say unless it's planted in the ground. It says buried. And so just note that because it becomes important to the principle Jesus is teaching. Unless a grain of wheat is buried in the ground, dead to the world, it is never, um, it is never any more than a grain of wheat. So that's all it is. If it's in your hand, it's a grain of wheat. But if you bury it, it becomes something else. And we would understand the language as planting it, But Jesus is saying buried on purpose. But if it's buried, it sprouts and reproduces itself many times over. I want to pause and just talk about the power of potential in the seed. And so life is in that uh, little seed of wheat. I want you to think about this. The potential in that seed is a whole wheat field. A whole wheat field, all contained in one little seed. One little seed, a whole wheat field. Think about it. You plant it. It would sprout. You would collect the grain from the head. You would plant again. Now, it would take generations to produce a whole wheat field, but it could be done. Why? Because in the original seed, there is the potential, not just of another seed, but of a whole wheat field. 
a whole harvest in the potential of a seed. I hope you're getting this. There is a potential of harvest in the seed that you sow. What about a spruce seed? Pine uh, pollen is through the roof in the last couple of weeks. If you have allergies, you know. And spruce trees and pine trees are making seed. And so we're getting all stuffy. It's because they're making seed. And that pine cone is, is, is where the seed is. And in one seed, enough lumber to build a subdivision. The potential is in the seed for building. Future building is in the seed. I'm going to be tedious. I want you to get this. An acorn in the ground. All enough oak for the fine furniture of what? Just your house? Maybe the neighbor's houses? Maybe a city? Maybe a region? There is potential for harvest in the seed. Jesus said, unless the seed is buried. What was he talking about? Why does it have to go underground? Because if your seed stays in your control, it doesn't go into the ground separated from you. It's as if it dies from you. You release it. It's no longer yours. It it, it kind of dies to you. It doesn't die in purpose, but it dies out of your control. And Jesus said that if you would put it underground, dead to the world, dead to us, dead to our control, seemingly I wasted, I gave it away. I gave hours at church. I gave my talents. As Candy sang this morning, and so many people were blessed, the whole team, because it's a team effort. But I note that because somebody goes, it gave me goosebumps when she sang. And they experience in that moment the talent that is sowed that Jesus takes and multiplies, does something in someone's heart, blesses them so that they can experience the power of God. Let's follow through the idea. We want to release our talents, what we're good at, and release our time. And it seems like it just goes in the ground. No. You are releasing potential for harvest. In the same way, anyone who holds on to life, just as it is, destroys that life. So if you just hold it, it's yours. But you destroy the potential for eternity. You destroy that supernatural resurrection power that's in your time in seed form, and it's in your talent in seed form. And so it goes on, if you let it go, reckless in your love. And I love how the message says that. Not because of compulsion. Not because of legalism. Not because somebody says, if you don't do this, you're going to hell or something crazy. But because you want to release potential because you're so in love with God and in love with people who God wants them to meet Him and encounter and experience His love. Reckless in your love. You'll have it forever, real and eternal. Your life, time and talents, are the same as seed, and you can decide to unlock the potential of harvest that's in your seed. 
Last week, as I said, I talked to you a little bit about planting some finances into our expansion offering. Money, uh, finances can work the very exact same way. There's potential. There's multiplication. Today, I want to really zero in on our dream team and why we call it the dream team and what is the dream team. Our dream team are the people that work. They're working right now. They're here uh, today on cameras and sound systems so that uh, you can experience uh, um, what's happening today. Uh, Jesus talking to you and the Holy Spirit ministering to you. As we come back in the room, there's a much greater need uh, for more people to be involved in serving others that come and sit in the room to hear Jesus and experience Jesus so that harvest can be, uh, the potential of harvest can be realized. And of course, when I say harvest, I don't mean our church, but I mean people coming to know Jesus, being saved and finding eternal life. I want you to see the principle that we use, and just we're going to visit this. For some of you, you you may remember this already, and others, it'll be a reminder, and for others, it may be new. But I want you to see why we do what we do uh, here at Harvest in terms of getting as many people as possible, releasing their talents, and releasing their time. Genesis 26:22 said that Isaac moved and dug another well. He called his name Rehoboth. He said, for now the Lord has made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. The Lord is promising us uh, fruitfulness as we see so many people come to know Jesus in these days. Will you hold your potential or will you sow it? Watch me now as I just unpack some scriptures for you to understand this principle. Matthew 9:35 says this. Jesus went about all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. If you went to synagogue, you were a Jew. Synagogues were designed for people who had already decided that they were Jewish, Orthodox Jews, and a Jewish service in a synagogue went something like this. Somebody said, hi, we're opening the service. Then there was a a song or two. There would have been a prayer, a scripture read, and a teaching about how you could be a better Jew, how you could keep the law. And then they would pray, and then somebody would dismiss, and you would go home. Does that sound familiar? It should, because modern-day church structure is taken from the synagogue model uh, that has been happening uh, and happens to this very day, and kind of transition the Old Testament into the New Testament. The interesting thing about synagogue is that very few people are involved in making the synagogue service happen. Or today, in just modern times, making a normal and kind of a traditional church service happen. Very few people uh, would be involved with that. In the passage, we read that Jesus attends the synagogue. He was happy to do that. He loved it. He loved that people were gathering. He loved healing all the sick people. He loved touching them and blessing them. He loved preaching to them. But we continue in the serv- uh, continue in the verse, and in Matthew 9, 36, it says, But when he saw the multitudes, so he loved synagogue service, but when he saw the multitudes, and the but right there in the, it's interjected here in the scripture, screams out to us. There's something more. The synagogue restricted, but the multitudes gave opportunity for expansion of the gospel. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. He was moved deeply in his heart because they were weary and scattered 
They were like sheep having no shepherd. These were the people that weren't in the synagogue. You see, the synagogue models, I'm going to call it today, restricted the amount of people that were able to come. Because if you weren't a Jew, you could go to synagogue, but you had to do all kinds of work just to get there, and you never really were fully accepted because you weren't an Orthodox Jew. And Jesus said that this was this was okay, but something happens amongst the multitude. The harvest happens amongst the multitude. And we want to take the restrictions off of how we do church so that we can see so many people come to know Jesus. In fact, this scripture, Jesus went on this. This is where he said, pray for laborers to go into the harvest field. And he's actually going to teach us how to do that by using what I call the multitude model understanding that people that aren't here in church today, they're they're sheep. They just don't know it yet. And they need to be gathered because sheep are gathered and they don't have a shepherd yet. They don't know that Jesus is their shepherd, their pastor, and they could come into a, a group of people and be loved on and accepted and know what it's like to bump up against other sheep. They just don't know it yet. And Jesus said, we got to gather them and pastor them, love on them. And so he's going to show his disciples how to do that. It troubled Jesus deeply that that was the condition of people and that the synagogue model restricted when there was an expansion on its way. Watch the expansion. Again, Jesus in Mark uh, 6.34, he came out and he saw a great multitude. He was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep, not having a shepherd. And so he began to teach them many things. People who don't know Jesus, hearing the voice of Jesus, getting to know his voice, sat down all day long and listened to the love of this man who represented his father. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. And he began to minister his love to the multitudes of people who weren't fidgety, weren't checking their iPhones, weren't asking what time do we get out of here. But he had created some kind of an environment where they felt so comfortable with their families, they sat down and just listened to him speak. Well, All day had gone on, and the disciples realized that these people were hungry. They had missed a couple meals, and it was it was time to have something to eat. Actually, I think the disciples were hungry. (laughs) They just wanted to get on with things. And so they said this to Jesus, send them away that they could go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. They could buy themselves some bread. They could buy themselves something to eat. The scriptures are clear that spiritual things to people who haven't really understood salvation, haven't come into a relationship with Jesus, is confusing, and they don't understand it. They don't get it. It just doesn't make sense to them. The synagogue model expects people to know about God and act accordingly. And so it angers me. It angers me when I hear people when in their preaching style, yelling and screaming at people who don't know Jesus, demanding that they change their lifestyle simply because they've heard something you've told them without hearing Jesus. I hope you get this. I wish I had some more time to unpack that thought right there. These people that were sitting, the multitudes, were hearing Jesus for the first time. And there was something about his voice that they were attracted to. And then the disciples 
And they said, it's natural food. They were hungry naturally. But Jesus is using the story to teach us a principle today of the multitude model that we employ here at Harvest. And I want you to understand. So what's happening is they're beginning to be hungry for more because they've heard Jesus. And so the disciples go, why don't you send them away so they can feed themselves? We don't believe that people who don't have an encounter God can feed themselves spiritually. How could they? How could they? And we expect people to feed themselves. And we say things like, well, I've heard people say, you know, in a post-pandemic world, which we're moving into and getting ready for, there's a spiritual hunger. People are hungry for something. Yes, and we better be ready to feed them because they can't feed themselves. We want to create here at Harvest a place where people can come post-pandemic and listen to the presence of God, experience Jesus talking to them, and not be these disciples who didn't get it yet. Jesus is going to show them how to do it. Where they go, you know what? Let them feed themselves. If they're really serious about God, they'll go and buy a book. They'll get a Bible. They'll attend a course somewhere. If they were really, if my neighbor was really serious about turning his life around for Jesus, he would do it. How would he do it? The Bible says unless the Holy Spirit begins to speak to a man and speak to a woman, where have they ever encountered that presence of God? Think about it where Jesus is and his presence are, and his disciples are busy serving and working, his presence is the multitude model. Watch this. You send, he says, send them away. Let them feed themselves. Jesus says, no, no. <laughs> you give them something to eat. And it's interesting. They respond to that with shock and awe because they go, if we were to do it, they're thinking synagogue model. If we were to feed them, provide their spiritual needs for 4,000 people, we would have to hire people to come in and cater this meal. We'd have to hire the professionals. We'd have to have this huge church staff. And for this one event, they said we would, they, they knew in their head, 200 denarii or about a year's wages in that day. So let's take a year's wages. Let's take what? What? $60,000, and we'll throw an event, and we'll get all the professionals to work one day, the professional Jesus people. <laughs> and, 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 and so that's their response. And Jesus says no to that. He said, you feed them, but we're going to feed them this time through the multitude model. Well, Jesus says, you know, I want you to stop thinking synagogue model. I want to show you multitude model. Go see what you have. What do you guys have? Amongst yourselves, what have you got? Well, they gathered up some kid's lunch, and they <laughs> they brought to Jesus uh, two fish and five loaves. Two fish, five loaves. And uh, if you know this story, it's just such a cool story. And they, uh, Jesus said, okay, great. Have everybody sit down in groups. I wish I could tell you about the importance of groups. Jesus employed groups in order to feed the multitudes. We do exactly the same thing at Harvest because it's a Jesus way to teach us how to reach multitudes and not be restricted in how we reach people with the gospel. 
So they're sitting in groups. He took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, gave thanks for the food, breaking the loaves into pieces. He gave some of the bread and some of the fish to each disciple to place before the people. They're going to serve the lunch. The disciples, the Christ followers, those following Jesus, whatever name you want to use, these guys are going to do the serving. Now hold that thought for a second because, you know, it's just, this is how I think about it. <laughs> so five loaves divided, and they're buns, by the way. They're not like full loaves of bread. They're buns, like a dinner bun size. And so you've got, and they're, hard, they're, they're in that day, hard, crusty, like French-Canadian crusty bread and um, in, in, in these buns. And so there's five of them, and you divide that 12 ways. Do the math. Divide five little buns 12 ways. Somebody got a crust. <laughs> Somebody got the crust. <laughs> They're standing there with a piece of crust in their hand. Because when you divide it, come on, just practically speaking, someone's just holding. And somebody looking over at somebody, they got some nice white fresh bread. Somebody's holding the crust. And then he divides the fish. Do the math. Five fish, 12 ways. Somebody's holding a tail. <laughs> Somebody's holding a piece of crust and a tail. And... And I'm probably that guy. <laughs> I'm the guy in my life. I think sometimes I feel like I just have so little to give. But what I forgot is Jesus did a miracle when we bring to Jesus the potential. And he looked up into heaven and they're about to learn. Even if you think you're just holding a, a crust of bread and a fishtail, that you've got nothing to give. You don't have the potential for goosebumps when somebody else is experiencing God. That this happens in team. This happens when a team of disciples says, we're reporting for duty. And Jesus says, great. Somebody's got to go into the parking lot. Somebody's going uh, downstairs with the kids ministry. And you know what? Kids don't like crust. Watch this. <laughs> so Jesus divides it up. I'm holding my piece of fishtail and a crust. <laughs> Jesus has done a miracle. I stuck it into a basket because that's what I did. And I, I put a napkin over it because I'm like, I don't want anybody to see what I'm serving. And, and the Bible says he took the five loaves of two fish, looked up in the heaven, gave some to each of them. And he says, go out and just begin to feed, begin to serve, begin to serve them with what I gave you. Serve the multitude while they're sitting, listening to the voice of Jesus. And so. Here I go. If I'm one of those disciples, I get to the first group and there's a bunch of kids and they're a little unruly because they're hungry. And I wasn't smart like the waiters at the restaurant when I used to come in with my kids and they knew we were coming. They'd have a plate of French fries ready and slide out on the table. That was a good waiter or even some, uh, uh, you know, goldfish crackers, anything to get the kids a little occupied because kids are kind of demanding. And they walk. He walks up to that first kid <laughs> If you've got bread in there, I don't like the crust. Can you cut the crust off? And you're thinking, you know what, kid? If you've ever worked in kids' church, <laughs> maybe you just felt like, kid, all I've got today is what I brought. And he reached into his basket, 
and a miracle was happening before his very eyes and a piece of crust didn't come out. But exactly what that little boy needed in that group, in that circle on that day came out and that disciple went, whoa, (laughs) where did that come from? And he reached back in with a little more confidence and a whole fish came out because that's how the story went. And they just went from person to person. Listen, even if you think you're holding the tail of a fish and a crust and that's all you've got or in a cold winter's day if you've been around harvest and you've been in the parking lot wondered wondering does this do anything does this count for anything when the disciples worked as a team the multitude need was met and the bible says something miraculous took place something heavenly took place when we all serve together we give out of what jesus has blessed the multitude model is a miracle Here at Harvest, we call uh, the information we're giving you today Step 1. We talk much more things in Step 1, and if you've never taken Step 1, you'll have opportunity in the days to come to do that. If you're a member here at Harvest, a family member, you're saying, I want to belong at Harvest. I want to make Harvest my home church. I want to remind you that when you did that, we taught this principle to you that we need every disciple serving in our weekend services, so that the multitudes that are hearing Jesus can be served and be brought to Jesus. Different than the synagogue model where few people and most of the people sit and listen and partake. Parking lot team, host team, cafe team, kids church team. I could go on and on. But as as sometimes 40, 50 people in, in our weekend services are here to serve the people that attend, it says this, they all ate as much as they wanted. Mark six forty two. they all ate as much as they wanted. No one is forced at harvest to eat. We just create clear pathways to Jesus. And in those clear pathways of worship, in the time of teaching, before the service, after the service, during the service, as we're here with servants' hearts, and we're learning that discipleship teams that will serve, they will begin to eat. They can't eat on their own because they haven't met Jesus yet. Or they're just met Jesus and they quite, can't quite get the food into their mouth, you know, as we, as we use that analogy. But no one's forced to eat. But the Bible says they ate as much as they wanted or to their full. Think about it. People all over this region, as we employ the multitude model, coming to know Jesus, because along the way in a process, they heard his voice. Maybe as somebody sang, somebody greeted in a parking lot. In an environment where Jesus is, by his presence, where two or more are gathered, and then we employ the discipleship model, where, or the multitude model, where we're all serving. We're here to serve so that they may eat all that they want. You may ask the question today, well, if I come to church, and I get this, but when do I get to eat? You know, because church is for believers, too. It's not just for the unbeliever. Of course. Of course. I want you to see that the multitude model is a little different. In the synagogue model, we're all there eating, and the professionals feed us. We never learn how to feed ourselves. Watch this now. you got to get this. Afterward, after the weekend service, the disciples began to pick up. They remember their basket, the basket they served with, the basket they served with, 
their basket was miraculously full of what people didn't want. Twelve, just coincidence, right? Twelve baskets left over. Your provision as a Christ follower. Yes, we all get something out of the weekend service. Of course we do. But when we prioritize, I'm a disciple and I'm here to serve, my provision primarily isn't in the service in those moments when I'm serving. Now, when I'm participating, yes. But when I'm serving, primarily my provision is in the serving. They got to go home with a basket full. Somebody in the service had a moment with Jesus. That's awesome. But I know and you know how many times by the time you got to your car in the parking lot, you couldn't even remember what I preached on. Come on. I know (laughs) that's just how it is, but you know, you ate, you feel kind of good. I was uplifted. I had an experience and that's incredible. And God does something with that. But I believe as we serve the Lord, we go back to our car with a basket full. The disciples went home to their families and said, you can't believe what happened today. As I was serving, a little kid in kids' church asked Jesus into their heart. I was on the ministry team, and I saw somebody healed before my very eyes. I was on the worship team, and that morning, as I looked out, people were lost in God's presence. I'm taking my basket home. I am fed because I fed. You might have been a host team and somebody who was confused. They just had a look on their face like, I think I'm going to leave. I'm not sure I'm going to stay. I've seen this story over and over. And somebody from our host team went, no, 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 no. What's your name? No, you're welcome here. Come on in. I haven't been to church in a very long time. It's okay. I'll sit with you today. We'll enjoy the service. And they took home. That servant took home a basket full. Your provision is in the serving. Your provision is in the serving as we feed people. At Harvest, we believe the multitude model is the way we're to continue moving forward and move forward now with expressions all through this region as God would open those doors and His timing would be known to do that. I want to remind you that if you're here and this is your home church, you began on the dream team. Now all of us have been, except for the production crew, it's been like 14 months My heart is this, that we break the bread and we divide the fish right now, all through the summer, coming into the fall, so that when we hit September, we now have just, uh, like, like, for example, children's ministry is one of the greatest needs for workers. Uh, We often have 50, five zero people on rotation for a month of working with children, sometimes 40 kids, 50 kids. We've had as many as 80 children here to find out about Jesus. And so I want you to begin to consider right now, maybe not what you want to receive in your hand as Jesus pulls the fish and the bread apart, but what he places in your hand. I'm asking you would consider to be willing to serve in any area, and we will move into what we're really good at in the weeks and days to come, but we've got to rebuild all of our teams. We haven't done this for 14, 15, however many months it's been. And when we come back, I don't want to grow to where we were. Come on now. I want to be expanded and team members ready to go. And on the first Sunday that we open the doors at full capacity, we are running in ready to receive the multitudes. As you've heard what I've shared today, the potential of harvest 
is in the seed of your time and your talents. Will you hold it? Will you sow it? I pray you'll sow it. Mia's coming just to explain to us how we can practically sow the seed of our time and our talents. As we leave the season of restriction, I want to invite you to join us in the season of expansion at Harvest. Throughout the Bible, we see examples of how blessing comes when we live with our hands open, giving God our time, our treasures, and our talents. I don't want you to miss out on the blessing God has for you in this season of expansion. So I want to share with you three practical ways that you can live with your hands open here at Harvest. The first way is giving of your time. We design our Sunday services intentionally to create an environment where people who do not yet know Jesus can attend our service and encounter his presence for the first time. The people who make these services happen are on our dream team. The average number of volunteers that we need to get back together in person, have our kids enjoy a service designed just for them, and for us to be able to connect and enjoy our cafe is just about 50 volunteers each Sunday. That means that we have between 200 and 250 volunteer positions that need to be filled each and every month. So whether you have served on the Dream Team before or not, because so many teams have been offline during this season of restriction, we are asking everyone wanting to serve to go to hcfcornwall.ca slash expansion to fill out our expansion Dream Team sign-up form. If you served in or were on either our kids' church, cafe, host, or production teams before or during all these interruptions from church, we are also asking you to re-sign up for these teams that you are wanting to serve on once we are all back together. This will help us begin to transition and rebuild our teams effectively and strategically so that we can kick off this new season of being back together in person in strength. The second way that you can live with your hands open is by giving of your treasures, your finances. Between now and September 5th, we are hoping to raise enough funds to finalize our production studio and our kids' church and cafe facilities. You can pledge the amount that you're willing to give between now and September 5th on our expansion homepage, which you will find at hcfcormo.ca slash expansion. This will let us know the funds that we are expecting to have come in so we can get started on some of these projects right away. You can also go to that expansion homepage to donate any amount, or you can text any dollar amount followed by the word expansion to 84321. Finally, the third way that you can open your hands to receive blessing in this next season is by giving of your talents. We need your help to complete the renovations we have planned. If you have experience with general construction, painting, electrical, plumbing, flooring, and are willing to share those talents with us during this renovation, we want to hear from you. And if you don't have any experience at all, but you're willing to work hard and serve, we also want to hear from you. Go on over to hcfcormall.ca slash expansion and fill out our expansion 2021 form. It will let us know your general availability and your skills so that we'll know how to plan our projects and when to contact you. Church, this is an exciting season. The blessings that are coming will expand our lives in ways we cannot even imagine. Don't miss out. Sign up to volunteer and give today.
thank you so, so very much for taking the time and going online and doing uh, that expansion questionnaire today and volunteering, giving your time, giving your talents, and giving uh, your treasure. If you didn't get a chance or somehow just the, the clock was ticking down and you didn't have that opportunity to finish, you can go back and finish that link. Just before we dismiss today, I want to ask if there's anyone here today, if you're ready to put your life into the ground, your whole life. You see, the Bible says that resurrection life, eternal life, we can know that today. We can be sure that we're in a relationship with Jesus and that Jesus lives in our life. But it's relinquishing the control, the driver's seat, the steering wheel of your life. Are you ready to give Jesus your life? The Bible says that when we do it, it is joy unspeakable. You can't even express what a relationship with Jesus is like. I would like to introduce you to that relationship today, to a Jesus who loves you so very, very much. If that's you today and you're willing to say, I'm ready just to put my life into his hands and watch what happens, I'd like to lead you in a very simple prayer. Just pray this prayer with me today wherever you are. Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me. And you receive me just the way I am. I put my life into your hands today. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I receive eternal life now. In your name I pray. Amen. We believe if you prayed a simple prayer like that, that Jesus has entered your life and you are about to experience an incredible, incredible journey with him. We'd love to know if you made that decision. You can text us at 613-704-7287 and just say, I made a decision. We'd like to celebrate that with you and and make sure that you have a Bible to make sure that you have the things uh, that you need to begin your journey with the Lord. I'd like to pray now. We have a number of prayer requests that have come in. Some have been texted today and if you're watching today, you're aware of those. Why don't you join me in prayer if you call Harvest your home church? So many have asked for prayer. Um, you've watched it in the box today. Would you just join us? Uh, prayer isn't for the professionals. Prayer is for the disciples. Let's serve one another right now in prayer. Father, I thank you that you answer our prayers. It isn't just an exercise that we do, but Lord, as we express prayer, that is dependence on you, you release, Lord, all that we need through answers of prayer. Lord, I come against fear right now, that one that is paralyzed by fear. I pray fear would be broken. Lord, you can break fear. Perfect love, the Bible says, casts out fear, and your love is perfect. So just put love on that on that uh, lady today that uh, is, is experiencing fear, and instead she would experience your love, your safety, your safe place. Lord, we pray. Lord, I pray for those that are suffering from cancer today. Lord, that you would just do a healing. Lord, you would touch them. We would hear reports, miraculous cancer healings, cancer in the lung. Be healed right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we rejoice with the Riel family. Phil, who uh, underwent cancer uh, surgery, and the doctors are saying, uh, there is no cancer in your body. Lord, we just we rejoice with Phil and Joanne today. Thank you, Lord, for guiding the doctors, using medicine. But, Lord, we, we realize it's beyond that. As we're hearing the report, there was a miraculous touch by you. Father, I pray right now for marriages and family. Lord, as they've been restricted by COVID. But Lord, I pray for expansion in every area of family life, relationship, marriages. 
Today, Lord, we stand humbly before you as a church, Harvest Christian Fellowship in this region. And Lord, we say today, as you say to us, you feed them. They don't know how to feed themselves. They were never supposed to feed themselves. You feed them. Give them something to eat. Father, as we do that in the days to come, Lord, to the best of our ability, whether we're holding a fishtail and a crust or whatever it might be, we know that's not really what we're holding. We're holding as a team the miraculous provision of Jesus to feed everybody so they may be full and they may know you. Lord, we thank you for that today. Lord, give us the strength, give us the courage and the faith to move into all that you have for us in these days, I ask in Jesus' name. God bless you. Have an amazing Father's Day. Have an amazing week. So thank you so much for joining our service today. And for those who accepted Jesus in their life for the very first time, we want to say that you have made the best decision ever. For sure. I mean, this is where everything changes. That peace that doesn't make sense will now be like abiding in you. You're going to have joy that you didn't necessarily know. It's just, it is kind of that point in your life where from this day on, things will be different. And we're really excited for you. I know that we're cheering you on and all of heaven is cheering you on. So. We would like for you to let us know um, just by texting the number on the screen. We'd love to give you a Bible and to help you in the next step of your journey. So for any first-timers out there, again, we encourage you to reach out to any of us online or you can call the office, but uh, we'd love to connect. So go to hcfcornwall.ca forward slash connect. And just a reminder that today, Pastor Roy talked about our dream team. Mm -hmm. And not to forget to fill out that survey to know where you would like to belong, on which team you would like to belong. So Mel, what is your experience with the dream team? I've been on, I don't know, maybe four teams now. Yeah, you just start wherever you think you feel like you would enjoy the most. It's a great way to get to know people. I know for the first while it's hard to connect, and especially when you're new, you know, but it's, it's a for sure way... Um, of just getting to meet people, you rub shoulders with people, and hey, I really like this person, and, and all of a sudden you feel like you're part of a family. It's not just a place to go for an hour and a half, you know? Right, so what so, was such a big church, yeah. now you're starting to connect yeah. and seeing that they're the yeah. individuals in the church, which yeah. is amazing. Um, I know I've done kids' church, I've done cafe, I've done host. Um, so I've been circulating for yeah. a bit too, and yeah. you just find your niche, you find where God has given you gifts, yeah. and once you found it, you're going to love it. Mm -hmm. So, with that said, <laughs> we're going to say bye for now, but we wish you all a really great week and enjoy the sunshine. Get out there and enjoy this your, beautiful weather yeah. that we're having. Mm -hmm. We may not be having it today. I don't know. So, it's whether or not. <laughs> we hope you have a blessed week and we can't wait to see you next week. Bye. Not the wave. Don't cut the wave. You are, you are. You are, you are, you are my freedom. We lift you higher. We lift you higher. Your love never
Oh, oh.